Get the kick right out of your radio. This is Radio Contact. Podcast. I'm Rob Parks and we're here talking all things soap and Red Devils. Join me on the show this week as ever. We are Paul Whiteside, right, Paul? Hey, Rob, you okay? You had a good week, mate? Yeah, have you had a good holiday? Oh, yeah, sunning myself in sunny Mallorca. Well, not so sunny, more cloudy Mallorca, but it was good to be away and using doing the cafe, the cafe lifestyles that has uh, espressos, mixing all your coffees up, looking like a you know, chilled out individual for a week. Uh, yeah, good stuff. Miss Salford, though. Obviously, missed a big win, but didn't worry about that. But a win's a win. Might become a bit of an habit, hopefully. If I keep missing, they keep winning. They might not want me to come back. Yeah, you have to keep going on holidays, mate. Make like sure you go on holiday next time we play Leeds. Also, joins on the show, we've got Richard Law. Right, Richard? All right, guys. Yeah, yeah, good. Thanks. I've just come back from Mallorca myself, so nice, nice. It, yeah, nice was, and relaxed. Was it as cloudy as it when, when you were there? Was it full of sun? I, I think. I think I was there just before you, so uh, it was quite sunny. It was lovely. Yeah, yeah, nice and warm. Got a bit of a tan. Did you? I got burned. So, yeah. <laughs> I did one day. Doesn't you know, take much. I saw, I saw the, you know, like the, the weather report and it was all cloudy apart from one day. It was sunny. I thought that was a day. Get on the beach, eight hours, yeah. burnt to a crisp. But at least you're going down, you're going down with him. Yeah, nice. Absolutely. Same here. <laughs> <laughs> so, what's on the show this week, uh, Rick? Uh, we've got a, uh, a review of the uh, Huddersfield win, as you were mentioning. Um, all the news coming out of the club. We've got uh, interviews with Ian Watson, Wella Haraki, uh, Paul's amateur report, and a preview of the Wakefield game. Cool, so what we'll do, we'll start with a win against Huddersfield. You're listening to Devil in the Detail, and this is your big match review. So, Salford Red Devils were victorious away at Huddersfield mm. Giants on Sunday. They beat Huddersfield 30 points to 12. Rick, what a great win. It was one to, yeah, by the end, uh, we were running right a bit there. Um, it, was, it was quite comprehensive at the end, like I said. So, uh, needed that. Very important, that win. Needed those two points away from home. First victory, one to away from home. And against, uh, hopefully, what's not going to be uh, a bottom four push for us, but uh, we need to start climbing up, and that puts us into eight. So, it's quite a positive move. Um, and it, we, we play very well all around the field, I think. Um, particular... Uh, Credit to Wella Araki. I think he was he was up there, and and Rob Louis coming back from uh, playing fullback the week before, uh, slotted back in like he'd never been away. So a lot of positive performances around the field. Yeah, Salford's lineup: Paul was Niall Evans at fullback, Jake Bibby, Junior South, Chris Wellen, Greg Johnson, Rob Louis, Jack Littlejohn, Ben Nakamuai, Logan Tonkins, Lee Mossop, Wella Araki, Josh Jones, and at loose forward was Mark Flanagan on the bench. Was Lamatazzi, Craig Cock, Jack, Ryan Lannan, and Josh Wood. Jack Littlejohn and Rob Louie back at the half-back pairings there worked quite well. Yeah, um, he's a funny one, Jack Littlejohn. He's, he's been getting a bit of grief any, off supporters and, you know, people comparing him to Michael Dobson. He's a different sort of player to Dobson. I think he's getting more involved. In fact, if I have one criticism of him, he doesn't seem to take the line on as much as, as perhaps what we should do. He tends to just sort of pass the ball. 
And um, I think he lacks a bit of confidence, really. Um, and once he gets that, I think he'd be a decent player. But Robert Louis, again, I thought carried the, the side on uh, on Sunday. He was excellent in attack and defence. And Huddersfield couldn't couldn't deal with him. There were, there were certain times, especially in that second half, where he cut through a few times. He's a deceptive runner, Robert Louis, as well. He's got a nice step and he leaves defences sort of in limbo. They don't really know what he's going to do. He's going to kick, he's going to pass, he's going to go for the gap. So, uh, so yeah, I think he was a real thorn in Huddersfield's side all afternoon. Yeah, I think another important person in the in the in the in the team for me, uh, Rick, is Mark Flanagan. You know, he's a great great hands, great rugby league grain, works hard. Uh, you know, he's an important cog in our wheel. He is. He's, he's an all rounder, isn't he? But he's he's good in every uh, in every aspect. So he's consistent. You know what you're going to get from him. But uh, when going forward, he's he's uh, he's got great yeah great vision, and um, he, he's. he's he, particularly last week, um, he, he, I think he enjoyed a bit more freedom for some reason. He, he, he got left uh, left a bit of space, so he he, um, he excelled in that area. It was it was great to see him running forward, and hopefully the people will keep missing him, so uh, he'll get space again in the following weeks and, and keep doing it. Because there's plenty of support, I think, for for him when he's when he's making these breaks. So obviously, I think he, Ian Watson's maybe uh, maybe telling him to do that and, and getting in the right positions. But it's the execution that's good, isn't it? He's very consistent and he, he knows where to pass. It's very good with both both uh, both sides of his uh, both sides of his game. So um, I just hopefully he'll not he'll not get injured like he did last season, and, and he'll he'll carry on till the um, till deep in the in the um, season. Yeah, he's a key member of, of, of the squad for me, Paul. Opened the scoring against Huddersfield with a bit of good footwork and bulldozed his way under the post. Great start for Salford. Yeah, it certainly was. It was a good try. That you know, it took a bit of strength to score. There was quite a few defenders around him. The next try after that came on the next set. So we got a penalty, back to back sets penalty, and then uh, we went down the other end. And three three forwards there combined for that try. It was Mossop onto Flanagan, and then Flanagan was a lovely sort of deft touch to uh, Ben Nakabua. A lovely tap on pass, and uh, Ben went charging on the post. And I was delighted to see Ben. You know the. The, uh, the sort of celebrations from him as he got over the line, he's really finding his feet now. Looks a real, looks really happy in his his, his game. You know, his um, his body language on the pitch looks like he's enjoying his rugby, and it's great to see he's a he's a good young prospect who's who gets better every week. So that was an excellent try and a, and a good start. Put us twelve and up. Yeah, Rick. Obviously, like Paul said, good, well worked move. That it's what us sort of fans were calling out for. Like, you know, a few weeks has been a bit pedestrian, but you know, the players look like they were on farm on uh, Sunday. It, yeah, they did. They stepped the game up uh, against this team away as well. So it was it was really good from uh, from Flanagan and, and Ben getting under the <coughs> under the post there, and, and Rob Louis converting at the end. So um, I think we were well on top there at the, at the time, and, and we nearly scored again uh, from what I can remember. Um, full back at Kirtney levels just uh, just slipping, but um, it was very very good at that point, and, and we were we were all over them. I think. Uh, before, unfortunately, I think the host they managed to come back Huddersfield um, and, and get the next score. Yeah, uh, in his senior, Paul going over in the corner. Good work by Gaskell, finds the space, and that's why you know Huddersfield are quite dangerous if he gets good time and space. Yeah, Gaskell's a good player. He, he um, you know, we remember Lee Gaskell from his time at Salford, and he caused a few problems on uh, on Sunday. I thought Danny Brough had a quiet game. We kept Danny Brough quiet. His kicking games wasn't as good as normal, but he did the odd. Decent sort of kick, but that that wing, young winger in his senior, I thought he looked he looked a good prospect. Him, you know, tall, tall sort of rangy winger, and he had to finish that. There, it was a good finish. He, uh, you know, Jake Bibby perhaps should have done a bit better, but it was an excellent finish from the youngster. And Danny Brough kicked off the touchline, and the momentum of the game started just to change a bit. There, Huddersfield started to find their feet, and it was a good job we got that next drive. We came out in the second half, and 
you know, put laid a marker down because Huddersfield, you know, 30 12 suggests we have had Huddersfield, but it was a close game, two late tries from Jake Bibby, who we'll discussed a little bit later on, I would have think. But yeah, it was a tight game, and it's a game we had to hang on because Huddersfield sort of tried to drag us into a bit of an arm wrestle. Yeah, obviously, the try, like you said, just after half time, Wellaraka, lovely ball by Rob Lewis um, to send him over, uh, Rick, and you know, that's, that's the kind of play that last year Ben Murdoch Vasala was rampaging on and Wellaraki found good space and uh, found the hole and scored yeah maybe we find his found his replacement here um, Iraqi obviously it's it for this last last uh, game anyway it looked like a new signing he was uh, he was all over the shot once he? he was uh, really really good so hopefully he's he's going to be able to pick up that from from Ben and uh, and do and do that more often in in the uh, in in the later games but uh, I think that that uh, with the the goal afterwards as well I think we got a penalty before that uh, Louis kicking it um, so it give us uh, give us quite a lead and um I think from that then we didn't look back. I just want to say before half time though, I think we did we did some really good defensive work because we, I think Paul was saying we were we were struggling at that point and Huddersfield uh, were piling it on, and I think we held held one of the guys up uh, over the line and um, there was some last ditch efforts and uh, it was important then to go in with a with a decent lead, um, six point lead. So coming out then after half time, obviously. Um, been been talked to and, and given a, a bit of a clear idea on what we needed to do setting half, and we executed it. And uh, and I don't think we looked back then after that. Yeah, I think obviously we've got big set forwards there, Paul. And obviously with the arm wrestle, you know, coming into play, you know, the players dug in, didn't they, and grinded the result out when needed. They certainly did. It. We've mentioned that quite a, a few times, or nearly every week this season. That the pack of forwards we've got are laying that platform every week, and. I, I can't think of one game where we've been beaten in the forward, really. Uh, every game we've been in, we've competed. And all right, the St. Helens game was a... That was a strange one, because we only lost that in the last 10 minutes. So our pack of forwards have stood up in nearly every... Well, I'd say every game. Apart from the Wigan game, first game, we've sort of... We're a bit outclassed in that game. But every other game we've competed in, forwards have got on top. The games we've lost recently has been because we've not been able to score. You know, we've scored six points in the previous two games before Sunday. So to get 30 points on Sunday was very pleasing, because the back's weighed in and did their job but again forwards were excellent just going back to Wella Haraki I thought Sunday I said to him at the end of the game I think that's the best I've ever seen you play in a soccer shirt he was absolutely magnificent everything he did sort of turned to gold really I mean that, that pass for uh, Jake Bibby's try at the end then was like a Rangi Chase sort of pass wasn't it he was yeah, excellent yeah. his defensive work was brilliant as well so uh, you know, if we get a Wella Haraki switch on like that every every week uh, we're going to be uh, we're going to take some stopping yeah certainly the star of the show uh, Rick for me He's running wide. He causes lots of problems for, for defenders, and the more we kind of keep him on the outside, you know, the better for us and for him. I think. I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. I think he, he started running good lines um, in, in the uh, in the game last week. So if he can carry on like that, and maybe uh, maybe Ian Watson's had a word with him about that playing a bit wider. Um, that allowed Jake Bibby a bit of space as well as as we've mentioned. So he's he's gone in for two tries um, at the end. Um, but I think that's all down to Weller's uh, Weller's vision for a start, his handling, and uh, and then his uh, his ability to slip the ball off to him. So um, I think Jake got uh, into the team of the week this week uh, for the Super League. Um, but I think that's owed a lot to, to Weller and uh, and his um, his ability to uh, to run those lines and, and then slip the pass out at the end. So yeah, very good performance. Yeah, another good performance for Rob Lewis. Uh, goal kicking. You know, we were a bit worried, obviously, when uh, Gaz O'Brien, you know, d- disappeared to Toronto. We'd take the the kicking duties over, but uh, he missed the last one. Did he? 
Oh. He, well, he missed two. He kicked a penalty. Oh, um, he missed the last. He missed the last two kicks. He hit the post on, on one yeah. of them. Rob. Uh, yeah. So sorry, sorry to get at you, but no, he did. He did well. He did really well. I mean, the last two kicks were in the touchline where Jake Bibby scored. So I think it was five from six or four. Was it, how many did he kick now? Five from seven, I think it was. So it's um, still a, still a good ratio, Rob, because a lot of the kicks on on Sunday were pretty difficult. And speaking to Ian after the game, Ian Watson, he was saying how he's really really practiced hard and. No, Robert Louis mentioned it to you a few weeks ago, didn't he? About practice makes perfect, and, and he really has spent a lot of time in training. You know, staying behind doing his kicking, and you, you can tell, you can tell the way he does it. I mean, me and what we're having a bit of a laugh on on Sunday about his kicking style again, saying he's a bit of a toe pecker because uh, you know he he just sort of toe bums him over really. But if they go over and you get the two points, that's what all that matters. Because like Rick said before, that penalty goal. That stretched the lead to fourteen points to six. That that started to take the game away from Huddersfield, and you could see their sort of confidence drop. Then, then when we got that try and the next goal, twenty points to six, the game was done and dusted. Really then. Yeah, I think the point I was making, Paul, was that if you add in, you get someone who can kick you, kick your goals when it's important. Like you say, it, it demoralises your opposition, doesn't it? So certainly does. Yeah. You know, coming up with the big kicks in the big moment, you know, pushes us clear and. You know, there's only going to be one winner there, isn't there? Definitely, definitely. If you're going, up, we've said it before. I mean, if you're going up in sixes, you've got a better chance of winning the game, haven't you? And every every side that's going to be in that sort of top eight has got a decent goal kicker, haven't you? And that's something. You know, we were struggling a bit for, weren't we, earlier in the season? And you know, Gareth O'Brien was a, was a good kicker, wasn't he? Quite reliable. But I think we've got a, because a lot of our play is coming through Robert Lewin. You know, the team's sort of revolving around him at the moment, so we need to keep him in cotton wool. Yeah, indeed. And obviously, the win puts us in the top eight, Rick. Um, you know, good things happening. Top eight. We're all, last week. Obviously, we did the podcast straight after the game, so we're all a bit down, a bit angry about the defeat. But you know, win against Huddersfield, we're back in the driving seat for the eight, and hopefully going further up. Yeah, we should be looking up now. Should be looking up for uh, ahead and um, looking at the teams ahead of us and above us, not below now. So um, I think just going back to Rob Louis for a sec. Uh, in the south stand, when he first first started taking the kicks, was a bit of a derision. Like, oh, what's he doing? Who's who's you know whose idea was that but he's, it's good to see he's proving everybody wrong and um, I think mate, hopefully it won't detract from his the rest of his game either with him being man of the match as well um, last week I think it shows that it's it's not affecting him and his uh, creativity or anything so hopefully if he keeps it up he improves week on week and more goals as you were saying Paul at six points instead of four is a big difference um, so hopefully we'll, um, we'll, we'll carry that on but um, I think yeah, the, the next match is winnable as well, but I think we'll talk about that later, um, even though they beat Saints last week. But um, yeah, we should be now looking up to um, to the teams above us and, and hopefully catching them up as well later in the season. While I was shivering on my me, me sun lounger and my alcohol, um, I thought about Rob Lewin. I thought, you know, he, he, he might be the second best sort of soul player I've seen in a red shirt, behind obviously Steve Blake of the King, but in front of, in front of um, Donovan. What do you think? You think he's that good, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, I think you've got um, a pretty good case there, Rob, actually. I was just... When he said that, then the first name that came into my mind before he said his name was Andrew Dunham. Yeah. Yeah, he's a similar sort of player to to Dunham, isn't he, in a way, but... He's got that little bit more flair as well, whereas Dunham was a a worker, wasn't he? An excellent defender. No, he's a very good organiser as well. But Robert Louis has that bit of flair as well. And that's not taking anything away from Andrew Dunham, but... You know, Robert's made a lot of progress, I think, and he's that he's got that X factor, hasn't he? He really has, and it's very important, as I said before, that we keep him fit and you know keep him healthy and keep him happy. So we don't want to lose him. 
you know, there was, there was rumours about OKR sniffing around him because he's a good player. And I don't think just OKR would be after him if he came available. I think you, you'd have some teams at the, the top end of the table who'd be after him because he's a very talented player and he'd slot into a lot of teams and make a lot of teams tick because he certainly makes us tick. And as I said before, all the play at the moment, no disrespect to Jack Littlejohn, but all the players going through Robert Lewis where Jack Littlejohn doesn't really get much of the ball because he, that's the way we seem to be playing at the moment. And I don't know whether that's the way Watter wants us to play. I think he'd, he'd like Jack to get a bit more involved, but Robert Lewis, we've got a real star in him. Yeah, two tries as well um, for Jake Bibby. Uh, Rick, you know, two tries, good scores as well, good finishes, both, both tries. Yeah, he's, he's turning into a... I think he's, he's actually centering. He's turning into a good winger, though. He's really, really reliable. Um, and when we lost um, Manu Vatavai, um, Bibby stepped up, Ansi, so uh, and we, we need we need a good, reliable winger uh, who can finish, and he's, he's certainly improved that. Um, good tackler, good, strong uh, youngster, so it, it bodes well for the future, it really does. Yeah, I suppose it's a rollercoaster ride for him last week, you know, bombing that tribe hall, then two tries to win the game. You know, he's going to learn from that experience, isn't he? You know, and move forward. Yeah, he is. He, he, he learns all the time. He, he still makes mistakes. He, he made a mistake on Sunday where he, he went the blind side, I think, from a scrum and got dumped into touch on the first tackle, which was, you know, it had me shouting a bit. But then he, he made up for it near the end and, and scored two tries. But he's a, he's a young lad and he's full of enthusiasm and you can never whack his effort. You can never question Jake Bibby's effort. He, he takes the ball up, he takes some stuff and he puts his, puts his body on the line and puts it in every week. And uh, you can forgive a, a lad mistakes because he's, he's learning the game all the time and uh, I've got a lot of time for Jake Bibby I think he's an excellent young player and it was just great to see him progressing there's just a few things in his game he needs to work on and, and Ian Watson will know that and I'm sure he'll, uh, he'll get things right Yeah, talking of Ian Watson we spoke to Captain Weatheracky and Ian Watson coaches Connor after the game and this is what they have to say Mike Wellerakka joins me. Good victory today against Huddersfield. Yep. Star man today, I thought you were today for Salford. You were good in attack and defence. Good all-round display. Cheers, mate. Um, yeah, we, we talked all week about um, just completing and, and just being in the game, really, and, and just doing our, focusing on doing doing our job, and um, and that's what we've done. I think we went set for set there for a bit and, and done a few mistakes, but then we come back in the end and, and uh, won the game. But, um, yeah. All in all, I think it was a good team performance. How pleasing is it to get those two points after the after the Easter period and with the two disappointing games recently with six points in two games? To get 30 points today must have been a good confidence boost for the guys. Yeah, well, we, we, we turned up pretty um, flat uh, last week and um, we, we knew that like, every team, you could see, um, every team was um, suffering from, from the Easter weekend. And, um, yeah, we just we just wanted to make sure we come here with plenty of energy, completed our sets and, um, and played. And you go for a try as well. Get a try. Yeah, it's always good getting a try, mate. And um, hopefully, hopefully, we can get plenty more. <laughs> well, well done today, Weller. Cheers, and mate. all the best in the week. And I'll see you at Wakefield next week, mate. Cheers, Thanks mate. for Thank speaking you. to Cheers. us. After our first away victory since May last year, I mean, I'm usually good with stats, but I didn't know that one. But you must be pleased to get that win today. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a big one to kind of um, knock it off, really. Like I say, I'm not, I'm not too worried about kind of what the record was in May. Pre-season's a long pre-season as well, and you can't pick any wins yeah. up or more away there as well. So when people like cut it for, say, 10 months or whatever it is, like I say, we know performances have generally been good on the road, away from home. We've played some good teams away from home as well, and in large parts then we've been competitive. We've just not kind of turned them into the results. If you think about the Wakefield one, 
that would have been one where you'd have, we'd have liked to have took that one. The witness one was a little disappointing for us as well, but we've not been a million miles off in them games. Did you feel a bit of pressure coming here today? Because we're down there, I suppose at the moment there's, there's a group of teams at the bottom who are trying mm. to pull away and fight into that top eight. Did you know there was quite a bit on the game today? Yeah, you always, you always know what it is. We, we put it down to look. If, if we're serious about what we're doing and building on performances of what we've done recently, we need to make sure we go to these teams and we beat them as well. And that's I think that's the biggest key for us, is making sure that we turn teams like these over. So the ones that are in and around us, making sure we pick the wins up, whether that's at home or away. How did you feel the performance went today? It looked like we were going to blow Huddersfield away early on, didn't it, with the chances that we created? Yeah, it started off really well. Um, really controlled. I thought, we was, as a team, we stuck to what we spoke about. And then we just weren't kind of finishing the sets well enough in certain parts of the game, which kind of led to them getting a real purple patch on the back end of it um, and brought them back into the game, to be fair. But then the good thing with us is we rolled through that. Away from home, you've got to stick in and you've got to be tough with what you're doing. We were pretty resilient defensively, which uh, stacked up for the win and getting the rewards at the back end of the game. Robert Lewis' game management today with his penalty kicking, his goal kicking yeah. was, was pretty good, apart yeah. from the last two. You must be pleased with that. Yeah. I mean, Rob his style's a bit funny with his toe pecking, isn't it? As we said before, but yeah, we, we we do a lot of practice with Robbie. Robbie's um, Robbie's spending a hell of a lot of time at the moment practicing that goal kicking as his well. His performance today going forward, we caused the Giants a lot of problems, didn't yeah. he? Yeah, he's a runner uh, first and foremost. Is Robbie, and if we can get him in that mindset early in the game to take teams on and run, then things start to come on the back of it. So like the try that he created for Weller this afternoon, and the spaces that create on the edge comes down to the fact that he's um, running the football first. Well, Haraki, today yep. I thought, for me, I thought it was one of his best games in the Salford shirt, that. Yeah, I thought his involvements were quality today. Um, in recent games, he's been doing a lot of quantity, should we say, so he's been doing a lot of tackles, a lot of kind of carries, um, but they've not been of the same quality of what they were today, I thought today. He's been really good all through the season, don't get me wrong, and he's worked really hard, but I just thought today his, his involvements were real high-quality involvements. Well today, yeah, they? yeah, I thought they were high-quality involvements, and... That's probably a key for a player like Willis. Give, give him that little bit of space and he can come up with stuff like that. Another bruising game, Josh Jones went off. Was it his ankle that he, that he yeah, did there? Yeah, yeah, he's kind of rolled over on that. He got a bit of a cannonball tackle in the first half. Yeah, I saw that. So he came in at half time, he was a little bit sore, and then they've landed on it funny again second half, so we'll have to wait and see on that one. Lee Mossop took a bang towards the end as well. Like, was that a head injury? Yeah, head he looked injury, like his yeah. head, head split was bleeding his there. Yeah, yeah he split his lip. Um, looks like a nasty gas, to be fair. But, um, it was a big collision, that though, as well, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it means he'll put him out for the Wakefield game, which will be a big one for us. That's how you turn your attention to now. Short turn around Wakefield on Friday. I believe they've had a good win against St. Ellis yep. today. They're a tough side, aren't they? How do you approach that yeah. game now? Wakefield, I think, are pretty similar to kind of us, really, in lots of ways, is they work really hard for each other and they stick at the task and they compete right till the end. And we're going to have to be in there and be willing to go longer than what they're willing to go in these games. But the victory at Saints today, you take um, Roby out and a Warnsley out and Saints become a different team and I believe they've had a few young guys playing Saints team as well today so we'll have a little look at it on video and see where we go. Every time we seem to play a side, they seem to be, uh, <laughs> Bring them all be a full strength. <laughs> no, we never seem to get bigger than no, Saints when they've got yeah. these players missing. Yeah, yeah, we, we talk about that, you watch some of the games on Sky and you think, oh, I wish half them players were missing when we, <laughs> we play them but they all seem to like say come back fit and fresh for us but I'd say that's part of the challenge, it's um, a good challenge for us and we, we don't mind it mate, we'll play whoever we need to play. I think this is the most Busiest corridor I've ever interviewed in. Here. We've been pushed from pillar to post, haven't we? But thank you very yeah. much for taking time out to no talk problem. to me. Enjoy your week, and I shall see you against Wakefield, mate. Cheers, Paul. Thanks. So that was Wellerake and Ian Watson talking about the victory against Huddersfield, Paul. And you know, we were pleased with the result, weren't he? What on? Yeah, he certainly was. He certainly was pleased with the result. I mean, it's that, that's our first away win since the Warrington game last May in the bank holiday. Uh, 
Bank Holiday weekend. So uh, as Ian said to me, though, it, um, you know, it's not nearly 12 months ago because the pre-season's three, three or four months long. He put me right there, actually, with that. So we're uh, defending himself. But yeah, he was pleased to get the result. And it, it was a big game for a lot of supporters. I had spoke to in the week and sort of the, the feel when I got to the ground on, on Sunday was it was it was a must-win game, really. It was a pressure game. You know, just just for the, where we were in the table and where Huddersfield were, there were a team in and around us. And if we'd have got beat in that game, what would it have done to the players' confidence? You know, we've got some tough games coming up now, especially with Wakefield and Saints and Wigan after that. So it was a game we needed to win. And it's, it's put us in that top eight as well now. So, you know, we're, we're capable of finishing above those four teams that are below us at the moment. I, I, I strongly believe that. And I've chuffed for Ian. Um, I'm just listening to uh, Chris Storm and the Huddersfield standing coach, you know, in his press conference and you can see what it does to coaches. He was blaming the referee and moaning and all sorts and he's pressure. You know, he's under pressure now. Huddersfield are in that bottom eight, they're three points below us now. There's a bit of a gap developing and I'm not sure who they play this. They play St. Helens, sorry, this weekend away. So, I mean, I can't see him winning there. So, if we're to beat Wakefield, you've got a five-point gap then. He starts to build that gap, so... So, yeah, it was a big win, and it was against one of our rivals in, in and around us as well. Yeah, you think, Rick, obviously, we've been in a lot of pressure cooker atmospheres, haven't we, you know, in the last few few years for various different reasons. Kind of helped the players, I think, you know, to, to keep the focus and keep playing well in, in trying circumstances, and hopefully continue to put in performances week in, week out, and get in the yeah. end. Yeah, definitely, I think that's very important, isn't it, having that experience of, of being around that. Um, it galvanises the team, doesn't it? When you when you needed, uh, there's that bit of experience you can call upon and bring the youngsters through that are in there. Like we were mentioning, Jake Bibby's probably not been through anything uh, like that, so it's important to, to have that experience. Um, so I'm uh, just looking at the, the teams below us: Witness, Hull, KR, Hood, and, and and Catalan. Yeah, we should be we should be above them, we're finishing above them at the end of the season. If we can beat Wakey um, this Friday, then then we're, like I said before, we're, we're looking up then. We're looking up to the teams above us, uh, so it'd be lovely to, to emanate the last uh, last seasons and, and go on a massive run. Uh, now a, a winning run. Uh, you can certainly see these two games, but uh, looking a bit further ahead, we've got a couple of testing ones, haven't we? After that, but um, there's no reason why we we can't get on a bit of a run or at least uh, challenge for those. And, and uh, if we keep injury free or or uh, certainly you know a, a less less injured squad than than we had last season, then there's there's no reason why we can't start climbing this table. Yeah, I think obviously you got to make sure you win your own games, aren't you, Paul? But there is teams around you think you beat them home and away, you're halfway there. Yeah, we've said that before. We've earmarked the, the sort of Catalans, and like Rick said, but they're those teams below us. We play Catalan as well at the, the Magic Weekend, and I think sometimes about Catalan, I think they're a big conundrum because you look at the squad, they've got some good players, and you know, on the prediction league I'm in on, on Facebook, I backed them to beat Castlewood like a wallet. On the weekend, and they got beat forty-one nil. So they, they really are. You, you don't really know what's going on with them. So we've got them to play again twice. So you say there's another four points there, and you'd expect us to beat Witness. But you can't take these teams lightly. I mean, look at the Witness game. We dominated that game away from home, and ended up coming away with nothing and, and losing the game. So Wakefield's another one this week. I mean, I won't talk too much because we're doing the preview shortly. But but yeah, you, you've got to beat those teams in and around. You know, I think. In the moment, Super League, it's, there's 12 teams in it, and I think it's become two two leagues of six. You've got the, the top six at the moment, and then the bottom four as they are, and perhaps Salford and Wakefield in that in that bottom six. And I think we wait. We win this Sunday, we, we can be level on points with them as well. I think Hull are just a few points in front, and we played Hull a few weeks ago at the AGA Bell, and we, we had a, conv- a convincing result. So a big thing's injuries, like Rick said. If we can, we've got a small squad and relatively injury free, we've got every chance. 
Yeah, obviously looking at the, the stats, uh, Paul, uh, top tacklers, uh, Wellaraki with 31, Flanagan with 26, uh, Logan Tomkins with 28, uh, Lamatazzi with 22, Kotjak with 23, uh, Lee Mossop with 25. Um, you know, a lot of top tackling there. Yeah, the defence was good. Like Rick said before, the goal line defence was good. And you were saying about the before our time, we did with a lot of defending to do in that last 10 or 15 minutes of the first half. And, you know, in a lot of the games this season, our defence has been pretty good. You know, we've not, we've not sort of chipped in loads of points and, and fell apart. We've, we've been strong in, in that department. And uh, that was good to see. You know, a lot of hard work going, a lot of good defending. Yeah, and obviously the top meeting makers... Uh, Greg Johnson with 120, Junior Sauer 113, Bibby 111, uh, Josh Jones 86, Mossop 84, Lamatazzi 97, uh, Ryan Lannan 83. Uh, Rick, you know they made some big meters of old. Yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of hungry for the ball I think this week, and um, just the, the wingers being top again just proves that uh, I think bringing it away from the line they're critical, aren't they? Um, Greg Johnson just uh, pushing it through on the first tackle and Jake Bibby following up um, it's, it's pretty important to have, to have them uh, so uh, we've mentioned it before that pack that we've got if we can keep them fit or um, the majority of them fit for the season then we're, we're, we're a force to be reckoned with and if, if we can uh, get the halves linking um, a bit better than they have been Rob Lewis stays on form then um, we should be you know we should be uh, much better than the eighth that we are at the moment and uh I think there's there's more to come from the side, particularly when we start going forward. The defence, even even uh, in losing uh, games this season, the defence I've I've not had a problem with. Personally, I think it's been you know it's been there uh, and consistent and and holding pit teams out. So if we can just start the flare going forward, then uh, I think it'll be a, an exciting team to watch again this season. Yeah, I think flare Paul is is important as well. We, we talked about options in lots of different kind of like options for me in the attack people were kind of pushing up just trying to support the ball carrier and things like that make a difference don't in the attack if you're, if you're pushing all forward looking for a pass opens up opportunities to score yeah it certainly does it certainly does support play we've got it. it was good to see Niall Evans back in the side because we missed Niall I thought against Warrington uh, the week before he's, he's a big hole out of the team and when you've got Robert Louis at full back you, you lose you, um, a bit of your flair going forward then don't you because he's not going to play the same sort of game as he would at standoff. Just going back to the injury situation, we did lose Lee Mossop on Sunday. He won't be able to play this week because he he uh, broke his he broke his nose, he busted his lip, and got a bit of a bang on the head. So with the with the way things are now with a head test and things like that, he probably won't be able to play. And uh, Josh Jones as well, he did his ankle, so I think he'll he'll probably miss this week and maybe next week. So you've, you've lost two there out of the side. So it gives opportunities for people to come in. I think George Griffin's in the squad. I've just seen the squad today, so. Tyrell McCarthy's back as well, so we can rotate and, and bring people in. Yeah, big thanks for your three-word match reports from Man of the Matches uh, to all, for, for all our listeners. Uh, Pete Brady deserved the victory. Graham Jones, uh, great result. Reds is Man of the Match with Rob Lewis. Colin Wilson, much-needed win, is Man of the Match with Junior Sal. Mark, great defence show. Uh, the whole team for him, uh, Man of the Match. Tony Frame, great team effort. And his Man of the Match was uh, Wellaraki. And finally, Roy Ellerbeer. Uh, Danny Brough tight um, and his man the match with Rob Lewis yeah Danny Brough getting Simbin Park uh, for back chatting to the referee we don't want to be seeing that in, in our game but, but he does do a lot of talking on the pitch uh, so obviously the referee Jamie Child snaps and sent him off yeah he got red card yeah about uh, five minutes from time for Paul and abusive language so as the touch I think I don't know what he said to him I presume he, I've heard 
heard what he said to him, I won't repeat it. But he wasn't very nice. And there's no, there's no place for that in the game, Robin. There's a few players like that this season. I've noticed it's Chris Hill for Warrington. He was in the referee's ear all, all the games of the week. And, you know, it's, it's annoying as a supporter, you listening to him doing that. And Danny Bruff's done it for years, hasn't he? And tried to referee the game. And you can go through through the history of the game. You know, Sean Edwards used to do it at Wigan and, and people like Everly Hanley or whoever, Gary Schofield. Players have always done it, haven't they? And I think he got what he deserved on, on Sunday. There's no need for that. And you can't be, be swearing at match officials or that needs stamping out the game. And, He's got a three-game ban as well. Someone said to me on Sunday, oh, will he get sending off sufficient? And I thought, I bet he doesn't. I bet he gets a ban for that. And quite rightly so, that one stamping out of the game. And, you know, people want to look at that now and think, blame if I do that, I'm going to get a, a big ban. And, uh, yeah, I think he deserves that. I think what you were saying, Paul, it was it was pressure, that. Because they were losing. They were under the cosh yeah. a bit there. And I think he's burst, you know, he's, he always plays. He, look like he's, he looks like he's wound up permanently, doesn't he, when you see him? Um, he's, he's, you know, he plays on the edge. I think that's just... Just pressure that where they are in the table, what the result was going their way at the time. I think uh, I think he's just exploded there and he probably regrets it. I think he's he's apologised many times, hasn't he? But it doesn't yeah. change what he did. Yeah, it doesn't, no, don't, no. Don't. He, and he's a good player. He's a maverick sort of player. He's he's the sort of player that um, you enjoy to watch, don't you? And mm. I, I wouldn't mind Danny Bruff in, in Salford's team to be honest. He's got that good kicking game. He'll do that reverse kick. He'll do different things, won't he? He's a bit like a Robert Louis sort of in the way. We've got a player like him, haven't we? And yeah, I like watching Danny Bruff. He's entertained us over the years, hasn't he? But he does have that sort of side to his game, doesn't he? That, that, that like you say, he always does seem like he's fired up, doesn't he? There's nothing wrong with that, but you just got you can't take it to that extreme, can you? Where you're abusing officials and that's not the way. Definitely to go. not. Definitely not. Well, he's Uddersfield's main man, and if he thought it all good for the win, doesn't it? So, you know, that's the pressure if he's getting beaten. He's not. He's not. Well, they're going to miss him, Rob. They're going to miss him for the next three weeks now. Like I said before, they've got St. Helens away on Friday night with no Danny Bruff. They're going to struggle. True, true. And the final one I've got is Colin Reynolds, lucky ground, Huddersfield, and his man of the match with the team. But you're our stats man, Paul. Is it Salford won? Is it the last five at Huddersfield? Yeah, the last defeat was in 2013. I've not got my scorebook at Hampton in the kitchen, and I'm comfy on the couch. I'm not going getting it. <laughs> I think it was. I think we. I think we got hammered in that 2013 season because Copy played for Huddersfield then, didn't he? Craig Copjack, and they won the league leader shield. They had a really good year, didn't they? Under uh, Paul Anderson was their coach then. And if you remember rightly, Huddersfield were were a good, a really good side then, really top of the top of the table side. The year after, Kevin Lock made his debut there. And uh, we we had a really good win in the sunshine there that day, and we've not lost since. We've won in 2015, 2016, and last season, this season. So it's what's that five on the bounce now? Yeah, you see, it's, uh, it's one of them bankers. When you're looking down the six pillars, you think win, win, win. <laughs> what if we win? That's that's what we're looking at. Um, who was your man of the match, Rick? Uh, I was going to say uh, Rob Louie, but I've changed my mind and gone for Wellaraki. <laughs> Wellaraki, about you, Paul. He's just, he's just stole my thunder there. I was going to say exactly the same thing there, so I'll go um, Robert Louis then. I was going to go with either one or two. I couldn't make my mind up between the two of them, but I'll go Robert Louis. Cool. So that was the review looking back at the victory against Huddersfield. Now we're going to be talking about all the big news coming out of Salford Red Devils this week. Seven days a week, 24 hours a day, live radio contact. So, here's all the news coming out of the Salford Devils this week. We'll start with the unveiling of our new Magic Weekend kit. Rick, it's, um, a little, it's like bright yellow. It's got a B on it. It's to help raise funds for the Wheel of Manchester Emergency Fund um, from the terrorist attack from last year. You know, it's a really nice kit. 
I think it's a really good sentiment as well. Yeah, I, I, I thoroughly love that kit. I'm going to buy one, I think. Uh, it's it's fantastic. Um, great idea, whoever's come up with that, and, and all the proceeds go into the, the charity. Um, and, yeah, it's designed to look like a hive, I think, honey, isn't it, being, being that bright yellow and, and the bee, the worker bee that's uh, the Manchester's famous for. So uh, it's a really good idea, doff the cap to them, and, and the, the more awareness they can, they can bring about that and the more money they can bring about it, then uh, the better. It's a really good cause. Yeah, certainly got a lot of exposure uh, when it's released, Paul, uh, both sort of locally and nationally. Um, it's great, obviously, you know, such a great cause, and, you know, we're getting out there. The profile of the club's being, you know, raised as well uh, for doing such a great thing. Yeah, certainly is, Robin. When we play that game at the Magic Weekend in Newcastle, I think it's round about the anniversary of the, of the oh, terrible terrorist incidents in, in, in Manchester. So, so yeah, it's very great cause, isn't it? And it when I saw it, I didn't even know it was coming out that, that shirt last week. Someone sent me a message. I was busy at work and this popped up on my messenger on, on Facebook. And it's like, wow. So I didn't have any idea of it. We, we'd had no rumours about what we did. So it was, it was a really nice uh, surprise. So, yeah, it looks, it looks quality as well. It looks really good and great colour. It's not our usual colours, but no, I'm very impressed with it. Great cars, like you say, and let's hope we, uh, we win in that kit. Yeah, £5 uh, from each purchase goes to the, to the charity. £45... It is for an adult one and £35 for a junior one. So, pretty well, you know, good value, I think, Rick. 45 quid and 35 quid. Yeah, like I said, I'll, I'll be getting one, definitely. So, uh, yeah, it's worth it's worth doing it and uh, and, and wear, wear it wherever you can and, and raise the profile of the club and, and obviously the awareness of the uh, the charities. Yeah, uh, next bit of news. Uh, Wigan away's moved, Paul. Gone from Sunday to Friday. Because Wigan Athletic have a football game, I think. Mm, this is confusing me because I thought it was on the Friday originally, then I thought it got moved to Sunday, so it's back Friday again now, right? So uh, I saw that today because I wasn't too sure what day it was on. I think I'm working. What am I working on that day? I'm not sure, but it'll be. Uh, <laughs> not now. Anyway, that I think <laughs> to get there. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a, it's one of them games where you'd, you'd probably rather have that on Sunday, wouldn't you? Got. Mm. Yeah. You know, Sunday game away trip, but not to be. Friday nights are a bit difficult, aren't they, down that M61 down that way, but I'm sure we'll take a decent following there to Wigan. We usually do, and it's usually a good atmosphere behind the, behind the sticks in that sort of really steep stand that they put us in there. So, but yeah, as long as it's confirmed it's Friday now, because I thought it was Sunday. Yeah, and obviously Wigan's twitched it rather than Sky as well, Rick, so that, that's one thing people always moan about Sky moving the pitches about. Not their fault this time. No, 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 I'm sure they'll still try and blame them though. Um, it was my, uh, <laughs> it was my uh, away fixture of the year, I think, from from last season. Um, I went there and, and thoroughly enjoyed that trip when we won. Uh, quite a famous victory. I know it was against a depleted side and we were riding high at that point, but uh, they all count, don't they? And uh, yeah, so uh, I'm going to enjoy that, whatever day it is. I'm sure we'll we'll have a good trip. Yeah. Uh, next bit of news: uh, Sean Rutchison, Paul, uh, has been appointed head coach of the USA. Did a fabulous job for us uh, back in the day, and uh, you know, a friend of the podcast has put a video message up a couple of times for us, talking about how we love Salford, and it's great to see him, you know, moving on in the game. Head coach USA, great stuff. Fantastic, yeah. Congratulations to Sean Rutgers, and I'm I'm really pleased for Sean. He's a player that you know, when you think about Australians that we've had over the years, you know, I don't want to be funny, but we've had a few flops, haven't we, and players that have not really done it, but. Sean was one of them that came over. He didn't have a massive reputation, but he made it for us, I thought. He was 100% wholehearted player. And if you ask supporters now, you know, we're going back there, they'll still talk about Sean Wilson really fondly, won't they? 
as a you know wholehearted grafter and a lovely guy off the field as well. And I'm really really pleased for him. And uh, I hope he does. I'm sure he'll do a great job. And uh, yeah, that that was really good news that today when I saw that. I was delighted for him. Yeah, you find some good players, Rick, make good coaches, and you know he's he's done some you know fabulous coaching, um, you know in you know in countries abroad, and you know you're hoping it might step so you know what they call it step stone into other bigger jobs maybe Super League maybe National League in the future I say you always you always want uh, coaches coming out so um, yeah let's, let's hope he can um, he can take a step forward and, and then come back here maybe some point in the future and, and coach uh, coach a Super League side maybe us who knows you never know you never know uh, next bit of news looking at it uh, Tyrone McCarthy's got a new blog out a second one Paul's talking about the Easter period and player welfare um, you know he has very good points obviously three games in a week takes a lot out of the players doesn't it mm, yeah they used to play three games over a week and Rob and they have jobs as well <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. you have to look at it from all different ways I don't know because you can't I've, I've read it from both both sides and I've heard people say it from both sides but you don't know because you're you're not a player right? so you've got to like, go in their shoes haven't you? you don't know how their bodies are on that Sort of Saturday morning when they make wake up off the Good Friday, then they've got to play again on the Monday. But they used to do it in the past, didn't they? But perhaps things are different now. Perhaps players are bigger, players are heavier. I don't know. But I enjoyed the Easter program, and I'd be very disappointed if, if we didn't have two games and it was just the one game. But I don't know. The players are important, aren't they? And their safety, and that's important. But a lot of the older fans will probably say to you, you know, we used to play Good Friday, Easter, Saturday, and, and Monday as well. So in the old days, so it's not that long ago. So. So yeah, there's, there's two sides to that coin. It's probably an argument that's uh, for another day. But yeah. for me, please, please uh, keep the two games because I enjoy it. Yeah, I think I think it's great as a supporter. I think you know the actual club, you know, generates cash, uh, you know, see, uh, tickets and, and and merchandise. Rick, you know, for easier play two games in three days. I think that's what you know keeps the club going. Really, you know, not for us because we have to play Catalan and Leeds. So I suppose we was a big money maker for us, was it? You know what I mean? But um, you're open. Obviously, the better the players need looking after. Uh, but does that mean bigger squads? Do you think, or does that mean, you know, like Paul said, you know, you've got to keep the East period. But what do you do? How do you how do you fix that problem? Well, I certain it is a balance, isn't it? Uh, I think with the, the more the more and more look into it, the more history we've got, and the more science moves on, you can analyse the injuries that people get and the, the head traumas and you know all this HIA. Nobody had heard about any of that a few years back had they but now it's really strict so they've got they've got a you've got to balance the, the health and safety of the of the individuals and and what pressure it puts on the body uh against uh, against the entertainment and I, I think that they've got it about right to, to be honest at the moment i think uh, player welfare obviously is, is paramount but uh entertainment and and the the value for money that, that it gives you and the, the enjoyment of the sport um it's it's a short it's a short lifespan isn't it in rugby league you're, you're only there for 15 years maybe if you're lucky uh, 12 15 years so um play as many games as you can and and uh i think to be honest i do my personal opinions i think they've got it about right two games over the weekend a uh, long weekend and then and then a bit of a rest perhaps bigger squads are needed um or you know juggling the pack a bit more if you can do i know we we struggle to do that anyway because we've only got a small squad but um there's there's always options around it but certainly don't get rid of the two games over easter no it's it's too much uh too much enjoyment for the for the fans, I think. Yeah, I think what it is, the players are like they like racehorses now, aren't they? Paul, physically, you know, what I mean, there's no an ounce of fat on them, and everything's done so quick and everything's so powerful now. When I suppose in the early, you know, in the whatever seventies, eighties, fifties, sixties, 
they were just they weren't really athletes were they just you know like supposedly just like Saturday League Sunday League players weren't they really you know in a way and I suppose the, the game wasn't <coughs> as fast or it wasn't as you know you know powerful as it is now so they weren't getting you know as injured then you're digging a bit of an hole for yourself here right? why, 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 why did you say that well I'd say Keith Fielding was a bit of an athlete have you ever watched Superstars <laughs> he's pretty good running pretty quick would Morris Richards Colin Dixon was he not an athlete but are they know. not would they, would they know as fit as they were now you know I, I, mean? I think he's very different yeah he, you, you, could, you could debate this you could debate this all day Robin I've seen debates you know on other like sites and that and it's not something I'd ever get into because I think it's very hard you know to compare players from different eras because how good would sort of Colin Dixon be Morris Richards Chris Esker those guys with the diets they've got now, the training they've got yeah. now, the technology they've got now, you know they were good back then, weren't they? Would they be even better now? So you probably, it's probably difficult. I think it's unfair, really, to to compare the two. And but don't say they weren't fit then. Um, I know what you mean. It's different now, I suppose, isn't it? Because of the full time athletes, aren't they? They had jobs then, didn't they? They train twice a week. They train Tuesday, Thursday night. So if you're only training twice a week, you're not going to be as fit as someone who's training five times a week are you I suppose so I think some of it though to be honest is is the coaches and, and the staff around the, the team not wrapping them in cotton wool but trying to find that extra one and two percent every week yeah. so if you know you've got two hard games coming up and that third game then afterwards you, you're looking at that third game you think that the game in between is is going to take that one and two percent off those players they're not going to be the same players playing three games you know in that short period that third game they're going to be absolutely goosed whereas I don't think you know if they would not I'm not saying they're all swilling beer and everything uh, and it wasn't the same but um, it, if, they, if they didn't mind so much at that point because maybe the levels expected of them by the coaches by the staff weren't the same back then as they are now so maybe it's the the expectation of the squad um, and not necessarily the players but the the management and the staff around the players that is is different and so they'll they're able to pick up little twinges little tweaks little injuries you know tiny little things on the physios bench that maybe they couldn't do uh, them years ago so you'd play through an injury and you'd, you'd know you'd, you'd see you wouldn't see problems until they were really in front of you and then you'd, you'd hit the problem and then you'd be out for weeks whereas now if you get a twinge or whatever you're out for a week because you, you, you're making sure that that extra one and two percent isn't lost during the games and I think that's that's part of the issue yeah I agree with that. I think like you said then Rick it's them it's the, the two percent in it you know what I mean where they probably could still play but they're not going to play at the optimum level on it that's the that's the difference when yeah. you're playing three games in in whatever five days or something it yeah. takes a lot out of you but you know you look at it and think you know these top players in the past they probably would fit in if you put them in you know the suit you know put them on the same diet uh, and, and the same you know exercise program as the players who are, who who are you know play today would the players today be able to you know re, you know be as good you know 10 15 years ago because they wouldn't be as fit, as fit would they no. they wouldn't have the, the, the sports science behind them you know what i'm saying Interesting. Um, next bit of news we've got is uh, Canada Rhinos uh, are doing touch rugby sessions on a Monday night, seven o'clock for two months, Paul. Um, it's great, obviously, you know, out in the community in, in uh, Canada. Um, touch rugby is always a good thing to keep you fit. Yeah, it certainly is, and you know, I'd just like to say a big congratulations to Canada. I've been following them recently in the amateur report. They had the new clubhouse opened 
couple of weeks ago now and the the, uh, the first team have been doing really well they're on a really good winning run one again this week and a lot of good news stories coming out of that community club and uh, you know they need um, need congratulate me because I think they're doing a great job lots of lots of teams there at all age groups as well all the kids teams they've got there and uh, there's a real buzz about that that area of uh, of the of the northwest of Salford, if you like, uh, so so yeah, really good and you know touch rugby and things like that. We've got a lot of kids involved. I think the Easter holidays they had a lot of stuff going on as well, didn't they? Yeah, obviously, you know we, you want things like happening in the community, bringing people together. Rick um, keeps you fit as well. Um, you know if you if you wanted to keep fit and you want you love your rugby league, that'd be a, a perfect thing to do. That's it. Get him involved. Get him involved nice and early, isn't it? I think you say this a lot on the the podcast. It's uh, it's about getting out there into the communities, getting getting the youngsters involved, getting a love love of rugby league, and, and and bringing them through, and hopefully watching Salford and maybe appearing for it later when they're a bit older. So it's it's yeah, it's it's keying into that that, that area of the uh, of Salford to to make sure that they're really uh, engaged from a young age and keeping fit as well. So yeah, it's a double uh, it's a double whammy for them. Yeah. On to uh, Supporters Trust uh, news, Paul. Uh, big event happening on, on Saturday at the Seven Brothers Brewery. Uh, tell us all about that. Yeah, it's the reunion for the, the first year of Super League. Well, the first year for us in Super League in 1997. They've got quite a lot of players. I'm not going to give the list out. I was talking to Dave Campbell the other day and he, he said, oh, here's the list of players that are confirmed. He said, oh, should we, should we announce it on the Supporters Trust website? And he said, well, no, we're going to keep it as a bit of a secret, you know, for people to find out when they go. So, but you'll, you're going to love it if you go because there's you know some real good names that played in that side as well. And uh, we're hoping to relaunch the um, players association, ex-players association as well. I'm just struggling to get hold of Mick Hennigan because he's never in. I phoned him about <laughs> six times today. I phoned him about six times yesterday. I think he's always in the pub. So I'll try him again tomorrow. He does know about it because I spoke to him a few weeks ago and uh, I've just got to remind him. But yeah, there's some other old favourites going as well from, from years gone by. It's going to be great. We're going to have... Um, footage of the 97 season on we've managed to get the, the video sorted and I've, I've watched that last night it's excellent Matt. brought back some good memories so that's going to be playing going to have some great music on uh, Paul Lighton's going to be doing um, sort of talking you through the season of, of the victories and how things went on it's just going to be a really good night really celebrating our club and you know that that, that great season that we had uh, in Super League there and you know under Andy Gregory I don't know I'm not sure whether Andy Gregory's going but um, there's some some real favourites going and I, I believe um, I, can't, I don't want to give anything away, don't but I know. Away. Don't give no, anything away. Don't go. If you want to know who's going, go to the event. Yeah, yeah, it's, go. It's going to be. It's going to be. But it's dead exciting. It's dead exciting because um, I've I've had the honour of messaging a few of the, of the players, and um, it, it's weird because you know being a sort of a teenager in the, around that time, and they're all being my heroes, and I've actually texted a few of them, and it's like. God, I'm texting such a body and I used to have posters on my wall it does feel a bit surreal but yeah I'm really looking forward I'm working Saturday but I'm hoping to, to knock off early and get there if not I might be a bit late but really looking forward to going and uh, you know and, and seeing, seeing those players now and, and hearing the stories yeah it's, it's a pretty amazing uh, Rick like Paul said you know you, you have your heroes going up and then suddenly you, you're talking to them over a, over a pint in a bar it's, it, it becomes quite a surreal experience but it it certainly sounds like it. Yeah, yeah, that'll be a, a bit, uh, a bit strange. Hopefully, you'll be able to get get down there for a decent time and see them. So, whoever they are, I think it'll be a great event. Um, the the amount of people, hopefully, will, will get them through the doors, and uh, it'll be a good do. Yeah, it's going to be going to be really good. Don't forget, you can still get your tickets, can't you, Paul? By you know registering online, is that right? 
Yeah, just go on the supporters trust website, website and um, or Facebook page, and just just go follow it through there. You just register yourself on it. It's called Event Bright, I think, and you just read. You don't pay or anything. You just register yourself, so it's not like too overcrowded. I'm not too sure how it's going. I know a lot of people. It was very popular, and a lot of people registered. So uh, I, I don't know whether there's spaces left, but I'm, I'm pretty sure you did blaggy way in if you get down there won't you so I think the, the more the better isn't it? you know Nathan McAvoy's I've never been to his, his brewery there in uh, in Salford so I don't know what it's like but it looks it looks really good I spoke to Dave Campbell about it I know he Dave's in a band and he plays down there quite regular and he said it's a really cracking place so so yeah it's just a shame I'm working Saturday Sunday so I'm going to be driving so I'm going to be of a pint but uh, no really looking forward to going and like he said you know meeting some of the guys from it doesn't feel like 21 years ago does it watching the, the DVD the video the other night I don't remember all these games and the scores and watching guys like Gary Broadbent. He was only like a young kid then, and it's 21 years ago. And no, really, I'm really, really excited. It feels like Christmas this week now, waiting for that. And don't forget, we've got a match on on Friday as well, so it's a real sort of double head this weekend. So really excited. Yeah, and don't forget, getting to the game against Wakefield, the uh, supporters trust. Uh, I put a bus on Rick uh, to help play, help people of Salford get to the game. Uh, it's really good that lot of people getting involved, and it's getting quite popular. Yeah, good to see that into the supporters trust getting involved again. That uh, putting the bus on so uh, people can get there. Um, it sh- yeah, it should be a good evening, shouldn't it? To uh, Wakefield in a bit of form and and ourselves coming uh, on the back of that Huddersfield win. So get down to it, get as many people through the gates as possible, and, and let's get a good atmosphere on. Yeah, uh, don't forget the stops at Gala Bingo at six o'clock. Uh, Regent Carpet Warehouse at eight minutes past six. Uh, quarter past six is the Wagon and Horses on the early midnight. Uh, 20 past uh, 6 is Langwithy Red, Swinton Park Road in Salford. Half past 6 is the Hope Library, Eccles Old Road in Salford. 22 7 is the Eccles Croft in uh, Eccles. And at 10 to 7 is the number one uh, supporters pub in the city, Dog and Partridge. So lots of pick up points uh, to, get to, the, uh, to get to the game, Paul. Yeah, certainly. Looking at the weather forecast, that's going to be a lovely day, isn't it? Friday, by the looks of things. and We've not really had a nice sunny day yet this season. I've been for a long game. It's not freezing, isn't it? And sort of bovril weather, isn't it? But might be a nice nice evening Friday. And Wakefield as well play some entertaining rugby, don't they? And the match at their ground earlier in the season was a good one. And, and yeah, if you can get down there Friday, get yourself down there and, and create an atmosphere. Yeah, it's going to be uh, really good. Hopefully, a lot of people will turn up uh, and we'll be cheering on Salford to uh, a famous win. Final bit of news. Uh, the Salford Red Devils Academy Awards took place this week, Paul for the under-16, the under-90, the Lighthouse uh, building. You know, really, really good that these boys are getting celebrated. Yeah, because they're doing really well. And so are all the people who are involved, all the coaches, you know, like I said, Neil Blackburn, Danny Barton, Jerry Armstrong, I believe, got an award as well for all the, the volunteering, the work he does as well. So it, that was really good. And I'm really, really pleased for them. They've, they've done well, the, the young kids. They've got some good results. You know, they had a tough start, but they've... They've, they've dug in there and it's heartwarming to see it that was going on I saw the photographs uh, I think Shirley put some on uh, on Facebook the other night and brilliant to see yeah uh, Jed Armstrong won the Leon Walker Memorial Trophy um, Rick for all his volunteering he does and, and coaching the, 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 the kids you know he's, he does lots and lots of stuff for the club and you know people like him should be applauded you know to the, to the Raptors yeah, you got to celebrate these people, haven't you? They, they do a lot of, uh, of unseen work and, and it's important to recognise people like that to, and make sure they get uh, as much uh, as pats on the back as they can from, from the club as well as the, uh, as the supporters and, and, uh, and long may it continue. Yeah, uh, well, Araki and Rob Lou are there, Paul, giving out the, uh, the awards. 
you know it's great the club are you know bringing the the, the stars you know to these kind of awards it gives the the kids you know hope that one day they could be uh, the stars of the future yeah well the two guys you mentioned there well Iraqi and, and Robert Louis well a, a big big names in the community I think the the they're good players, but I think they're they're also very good human beings, aren't they? And good people. You look at Robert Louis. I think his um, his son's uh, goes to uh, what's that school called? My daughter used to go there swimming. Uh, there, your mum and dad's. Yeah, Springwood Primary School. That's the one. Yeah. His lad goes there, and the other week he won the man of the match award, didn't he? And uh, he donated his cheque to, to Springwood, which is, was really a really nice uh, gesture, I thought. And well, Iraq is really involved with the community clubs as well. Um, he's. I think he does his does his, his kids play for one of the clubs in Salford. Is it the Roosters? It's one of the clubs, anyway, the local clubs. And uh, yeah, they're all involved, aren't they? And that's great to see. And they, they took the time out to go there. So, two really good gents and really good ambassadors for our club. That's something I've noticed a bit more this year, you know, uh, so far, anyway, on, on the social media. They, they're getting that out there, the fact that the, the guys like Weller and, and, and Rob are in the community. I think they've always been there, they've been doing stuff, but now they're, I think they're celebrating a bit more and, and making sure that people know that they're out there. And, and it's, it's good to see that. Yeah. Uh, also, surely, you know, on behalf of Rev Red, Paul, there was a, a bit more, you know, a bit of uh, juice left in the tank. Uh, so they donated a cheque for £2,000 and that was able to provide kits and equipment for the, the 16s and 19s. It's great. Obviously, Rev Red, you know, supported the academy for many years, didn't they, in the past? And it's uh, obviously, you know, giving them that, that cheque, it, it, you know, it kind of closes the door on that. But with the support of us moving forward, it opens the door there too. Yeah, it does. The order forever has did a lot of great work, didn't they? I remember all that going on at the time, and it was it was much needed at the time when the club was in, was in troubles, you know, back then. And uh, and yeah, it was a nice gesture that I think that money was sort of left over, so it's very nice for Shirley to sort that out. And uh, you know, Shirley's a great ambassador for Salford uh, Red Devils as well, isn't she? From the from the past and the future, you know, Shirley does a lot of good work, top support. You always see her at the games and that. And uh, no, it's great we've got these people at our club because we all love this club and, and want it to do well and. You know, it, it, it's heartwarming for, for me when I see things like that because these people have got the club at heart and, you know, if you've got those sort of people behind you, you're not going to go far, though. Yeah, and also, Shirley um, got some merchandise from the World Cup um, and kind of, um, I think it sounded like a raffle or there was some kind of like eBay thing going on and they raised 150 quid um, for, you know, for the, uh, for the, um, the academy. But also, the boys at the Ed Red Apparel kind of like matched it and then managed to kind of get uh, a lot of um, bobby hats uh, for the the six of the nineteen. So when they start training in the uh, in the winter, so that's that's really good, isn't it, Rick? Obviously, you know, raising that money to help them, uh, you know, in the winter period to come. That's it. Every little helps, isn't it? If it helps uh, helps them come in, then all the more all the more reasons to do it. And yeah, we're getting again, we're getting out there and, and making sure that the funds are raised, the awareness of the clubs uh, is out there, and and let's let's build it, keep going. Yeah, and obviously being a successful academy gives you the pathway, Paul, on it from from the, the academy to the first team. You get that link built up. Uh, there's talk where Andy Rosler mentioned that they're looking at setting the academy up full time again in is it 2020. So you're hoping yeah. that they'll be able to, you know, put the little cogs in place now so when 2020 comes, um, you know, we can get a top class um, academy set up up and running. We need to do Rob. We need to. That's vital to me. If you want to. Be up there with it with the big boys. You, you need that pathway. Otherwise, you're just going to lose players, and you know that's a debate for another day. But it's good that we've got that positivity, and we, we we're talking about that because it's something that we we desperately desperately need. But just going back to the Red Zapparel guys, Andy Ashton and Tez doing a great job, and uh, don't forget to get on their their website. There's loads of nice retro gear in there, Rob. Yeah, nice bag. 
I haven't got yet. As you go, I, mean, that's the, I, was, I was drumming you up for that, then I knew you were going to say that. Get, get him a bag, Andy, come on. Where's my hat as well? You promised me a bottle that in the week. What a joke. They do a great job, and you know, they're good they lads do. as well, aren't they? They? So. They're both smashing lads, yeah, they really are good lads. And uh, yeah, it's great. And, and I was just reading something the other week about about crowds and that. I think it was on that Rugby M, and they were sort of debating about it and saying how, how poor our crowds are and all that. And it annoyed me again. and I have to distance myself now from a lot of the social media stuff because I get really wound up and, and I don't really comment or put things on anymore now. But when you look at what's going on off the field with us and the supporters' trust, you've got the Red Zapparel guys there, you've got the, the academy, the people working behind the scenes there. There might not be like tens of thousands of us, but the people that we do have, I won't swap them for the world. I think they do a great job. And, you know, getting 10,000 not the be all and end all, is it? You know, we're slowly building and. You know things are happening. I think I think we're going in the right direction. Yeah, I I, I, I did see that as well, Paul. And you know, people outside the bubble have an impression, don't they, of what the club is about and you know what's happening. But it's not necessarily what's happening. If you're inside the bubble, you know what you know what the drill. Propaganda is. a lot of it, Rob. It's yeah. propaganda. I think a lot of it's from like the Yorkshire mafias who like to pull us down and, and talk us down. And uh, I just cock a death into it now and just just concentrate on supporting the team. What do you think, Rick? Do you think you think they were right? You think they're coming up with big ideas about how to improve it, but they don't really know what the what the nuts and bolts of our situation is, do they? No, they don't. They don't. It's they, they can they can say a lot of things, but uh, unless you're on the inside, you you know you know what the club's about, and you can't. And um, the, the 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 trust at the moment are going about it the right way. Um, I've seen a lot of you know a lot of changes, a lot of improvements since Marwan's Marwan's left, and they're putting a lot of ideas on the table. Um, some won't work, um, but some will, and um, and hopefully this the announcement about the the uh, the academy as well is is a huge step forward because that was I think that caused a lot of um, consternation maybe with with the, the the core support so and you don't want to shake the core support because that's you know that's what Salford is about at the moment so you want to you want to keep that core strong so if you can build that academy back up and um, get youngsters through the gates we've been ploughing about that all se- last season haven't we uh, but it's going to take again as we said last season it's going to take more than just one season in Super League that we're, we're playing good rugby we've got to do it season and season so there's lots of little stepping stones to put in place lots of little building blocks that need building up before we can start moving to, to bigger crowds so we're going in, going about it in the right way um, we've got a lot of good people on board so uh, I think we are as Paul said I think we're going in the right direction we just need to keep going make sure that we keep our Super League status that's obviously the most important thing uh, to make sure we're still in it uh, and then and then we can build on that last year and, and, and bring it bring it forward into next year then. Yeah I agree with that Rick. for me Paul it's a slow build you can't expect you know big things straight away you want to you want this founder you want this sort of uh, structure to be built on a solid base and for me you know that's what we do at the moment we're putting the groundwork in at the moment and then three five years down the line when we're consistently finishing the top eight and getting on good cup runs, hopefully, you know, people of Salford and Manchester will come. But unfortunately, we've had years and years and years of, of mediocrity and and kind of being let down in big moments. And you know, at the moment, false, false dawns, yeah, yeah. yeah at the moment, this team and the, the club and the, and the coach we've got now, we've we've finished in the in the in the top eight, you know, a couple of seasons. Um, if you if you take away the, the points deduction, um, you know, it's, it's it's a slow build. You a couple more years of getting in that top eight and playing good rugby, you know, it might happen, it might explode and then we get a big crowd again. Yeah, I think it's going in the right direction. I've said it before, I think I think there's a lot of snobbery in rugby league sometimes from certain clubs. 
you know, people in the media and the press and things like that. And, and we've become an easy target, I think. A lot of clubs, a lot of fans, I think, seem to have an high opinion of themselves these days and going about how great their clubs are. And think back, I can name quite a few clubs who weren't doing that well sort of 10 years ago and their crowds were bobbins and all right, they might be doing all right now, but they've had a bit of success. So he swings around about, you know, we, I can remember when we were having decent crowds, you know, five or 6,000. So I don't, I tend not to worry about them. Let them do their own thing and let's just concentrate on ourselves and all crowds will come. And if you don't, they don't. It's not a be all and end all. As long as you're doing your bit and you, you go and watching the team, that, that's all you can do really, can't you? And tell your friends and keep positive and uh, just get behind and get behind the trust, join the trust and, uh, just do your bit. Yeah, back to the uh, Sovereign Devils Academy Awards. Uh, the award winners, uh, the under-19, uh, Sam Bradley was named Players Player of the Year. Uh, Will Mills was, was voted Player of the Year. Ga- Dan Goddard was improved, was voted Mostly mostly Improved Player. And Brad Smith was Warrior of the Year, uh, Rick. So, you know, some names there that we should be looking out for, hopefully. Yeah, yeah, keep them in our thoughts. I think, yeah, we make sure we uh, we push them on, make sure that they're in the Salford uh, Salford Eye Line, and uh, hopefully they'll they'll come through and and, and uh, you know be be part of the team someday. That's enough. Yeah, and obviously under 16, there's a, a red team and a black team, Paul. So for the black team, uh, players uh, player was Joran Watson. Uh, no, sorry, the yeah player player was Joran Watson. The Player of the Year award went to Jack Fairbrother. Uh, Callum Watts was most improved player, and the Warrior was Will Perrygrip. Uh, but obviously, at, at 16, you know they're, they're growing lads, and you never know they could they could be they could be the next big thing moving up to the 19s. Certainly, certainly, yeah, they, they've done really well. The two sides had red and black teams, and, and that's it now to move on to the to the next stage once they've done there. And great to see all the awards and. It's great to see that many people playing the game in Salford, isn't it? In the, in the city of Salford, you know, there's an awful lot of schools, isn't there? And, you know, colleges and, and whatever in the local area. So if we can get them all interested in, you know, watching the first team as well and, you know, get that, that bubble and that, that love for our club, you know, it's, it's all going in the right direction. But I was delighted to see those awards and uh, congratulations to everybody involved. Yeah, and the red team, the players' player was Kieran Prescott, the player of the year was Connor Asprey. The most improved player was Callum Hughes, and the Warrior player was Lewis Roberts. So, congratulations to all all the winners, uh, and hopefully we'll be seeing big things for you uh, from you in the future. So that was on the news coming out of the uh, Red Devils this week. Next up, we've got Paul's amateur report, where he talks about all the amateurs, all the stuff going on in the amateur scene, and then after that, we're going to be talking about the Wakefield game on Friday. Right, well, here is the Devil in the Detail amateur report for Monday the 16th of April. We'll start off with the National Conference League's Rochdale Mayfield got their first victory of the season. They beat Mighton Warriors 44 points to 22 on Saturday, 32-0 up at half-time. Terrific room for Mayfield to get them off the bottom of the table. In Division 2 of the Northwest Conference League's Saddleworth Rangers went down 30 points to 20 against Drillington. And in Division 3, Oldham St. Anne's beat Wollstone Rovers 24-12 and Warhead Warriors were beaten at home to clock face minus by 20 points 
past the six. The fixtures for Saturday the 21st of April. Rochdale Mayfield are at home to top of the table Hunslet Club Parkside. Hunslet have won five out of five and conceded just 34 points. So that's going to be a real tough test for Mayfield this coming Saturday. In Division 2, Wigan St. Jude's play Saddleworth Rangers. And in Division 3, Jude's Celtic against Oldham St. Anne's and Salford City Roosters take on the Waterhead Warriors. Turn our attention to the North West Youth League now. In the under-18s, on Sunday, Division 2, Saddleworth 16, Charlie Panthers 30, South Trafford 0, Rochdale 18. And in the under-16s, Division 2, on Sunday, it was Langworthy 42, Wigan St Cuthbert's 8. Terrific win there for the young Langworthy lads. Thato Heath 24, West Horton 14, Wigan St Pat's 10, Saddleworth 16 and Waterhead 34, Walney 14. The under-16s, Division 3, clock phase 4, Lee East 12, Pilkington Rex 46, Salford City Roosters 6 and Ulverston 38, Rochdale Mayfield 18. The fixtures for this coming Sunday in the under-18s Lancashire Northwest Youth Cup. It is Folly Lane against Ince Rose Bridge, that's the under-18s. Rochdale against Wigan St. Patrick's, Saddleworth against Wigan St. Jude's, South Trafford against Lee Miners and Wathead against Oldham St. Anne's. In the under-16s Lancashire and Northwest Youth Cup, Folly Lane are at home to Lee Miners. Shevington against Oldham St Anne's and in the North West Youth Shield and North West Plate under 16s it is Langwither against Clockface, Rochdale against Pinkington Rex, Saddleworth against Whitehead and Wigan St Cuthbert's against Salford Roosters. Bit of amateur news now, the 2018 President's Cup kicks off on Wednesday the 18th of April with two games being staged at an alternative venue of Rochdale Mayfield because of an unfit pitch at Hewith in York. The tournament didn't take place last year because of the various World Cup competitions. The fixtures on Wednesday at Rochdale Mayfield are as follows. UK Armed Forces play the Great Britain Teachers at 6pm and England Universities take on Great Britain Police at 8pm. Those games are played at Rochdale Mayfield. That's in Castleton in Rochdale. You can use your sat-nav to find it anyway. It's on um, Keswick Street. Yeah, so that should be a good night there on Wednesday night. In Student Rugby League, there's just one fixture coming up this uh, this week on Wednesday the 18th of April. It's a big one though, it's Salford Red Devils Education Academy are at home to the Rugby League Men's College. That's on Wednesday the 18th of April, so the best of luck to the young Salford lads who have been having a terrific season. That'll be a tough test against the Rugby League Men's College on Wednesday. We'll take a look, before we go, go to the North West Men's League, we've got quite a bit of news to tell you about that. The good wins again for Caddy's Ed Rounds, but before we go to that, we'll go to the, the Challenge Cup, Saturday the 21st of April. I know it's not amateur stuff, but we always take a look at the Challenge Cup on Devil in the Detail. And on Saturday the 21st of April, it is the Labrooks Challenge Cup Round 5. Salford will come in in Round 6, so this round's pretty important, we keep our eye on this one. The fixtures get underway... On Saturday, Warrington are at home to Bradford Bulls, 3 o'clock kickoff. Witness play Coventry Bears. On Sunday, Doncaster play Featherstone Rovers. Lee Centurions against London Broncos. Oldham play Hull Kingston Rovers. Toronto Wolfpack are against Barrow. That game is at Barrow at Craven Park in Barrow. Whitehaven play Rochdale Hornets and the York City Knights have got a glamour tie. They're playing Catalan Dragons at home. They're having a good season, York City Knights as well. So that should be an exciting game there against the Catalan Dragons. Right, well, finally this week, we'll have a look at the North West Men's League. Quite a lot of results and fixtures to bring you in here. Some good results as well for some of our local sides. We'll start off in the Premier Division. Saturday the 14th of April, these games were played. Shevington Sharks beat Folly Lane by 38 points to 16. In Division 1, Rochdale Mayfield were beaten at home 24 points to 22 against Hindpool Tigers. In Division 2, Manchester Rangers had a terrific result. They beat Lee East A by 42 points to 6. In Division 3, Wigan Bulldogs 32, Rochdale Cobras 24. In Division 4, another fantastic result for Caddy's Head Rhinos after last week's great win they beat Garswood Stags by 28 points to 10 on Saturday and in Division 5 Littleborough 
just the other side of Rochdale, they beat Wigan Springview A by 62 points to 4. So some good results there. The fixtures for Saturday the 21st of April in the Premier Division, it's Hindley against Folly Lane. Division 1, Walney Central in Cumbria against Rochdale Mayfield A. Division 2, Berry Broncos against Wigan St Cuthbert's. Manchester Rangers against Wigan St Jude's A and Oldham St Anne's A against North Wales Crusaders. In Division 3, it's Langworthy Reds against Crossfields A. Rochdale Cobras against Eccleston Lions. West Horton Lions against Halton Farnworth Hornets A. Division 4, Caddies Red Rhinos at home again to Oral St James this week. And it's Little Halton Reds against Blackpool Scorpions. Saddleworth Rangers A against Garswood Stags. And in Division 5, Thattle Heath Crusaders B play Littleborough. Latchford Albion A play the Bolton Mets. And Ryland Sharks play the Berry Broncos A. So that's all I've got for you this week on the Devil in a Detail Amateur Report. Have a good week and I shall see you on Friday for Salford against Wakefield. Huge game. Both teams won last last week, so it's uh, clash of the titans. This one, I think, uh, sun's going to be shining. Uh, unfortunately, I'll be driving. Uh, won't be having won't be having a, a drink there, but uh, I can think I think a no better place to be there. It's going to be a good atmosphere, I'm sure. We're going to get, uh, I think, a lot of entertaining rugby. They can play a good game, don't they, Wakefield? So a nice, expansive game with it being nice and dry. Um, Hopefully we'll be able to start performing. Now we've got a bit of confidence going forward, so uh, it all points to a great, uh, a great spectacle, I reckon. So get get through the doors, everybody. Yeah, it was a it was a frustrating game away from home, Paul. You know, a bit of a taste of revenge for me on this one. We should have battered them there, uh, but let's let's put the sword to them on, at home. Yeah, we outscored them there, didn't we? Three tries to two, and the, the goal kicking let us down that night. Bloody freezing that night as well, wasn't it? But <laughs> it might be a bit warmer on uh, on. On Friday night, but yeah, they, they play a good brand of rugby. Wakefield, they're a dangerous side. They've got they've got a lot of pace. They're very dangerous on the edges. They've got a rough, tough pack, and they've had a, a pair of halfbacks for the last few seasons in Liam Finn and Jacob Miller. So they're no mugs, are they? But you know, let's not overblown too much. They won the first four games, I think, then the other first five, and then they lost five on the trot. Then after that, so you know, they can be beaten. They had a good win against St. Helens. They're a good home side. They, you know, they seem to know every blade of the grass at that pitch at Bellevue. They really are good there. But, you know, away from home, we're a good home team, aren't we? We've done well at home this season, and you know, all right, we was a bit poor the last time out. But I'm expecting a big performance. We've got a bit of confidence now. We scored 30 points against Huddersfield, and uh, you know, so we can do it. We can get points on the board if we, if we play our game, and I'm pretty sure we can do the same on Friday. Yeah, I think uh, Rick, it's all about building, you know, momentum in it, and you know, we beat Huddersfield, you know, we beat uh, Wakefield hopefully on Friday. Two on the spin, then moving forward. If you want to get in that top eight and stay in the top eight, you've got to win three, four, five on the spin at least twice uh, to cement your place in there. Yeah, that's what we need to start doing as well. Um, get, getting the momentum going. And like Paul was saying, we're good at home. Uh, so there's, there's no reason why we can't win this. I think there's a couple of, a couple of replacements coming, isn't there? Tyrone McCarthy's uh, replacing Lee Mossop and Luke Burgess in for Josh Jones or vice versa. Uh, so, But that's good to see. We've, we've actually got strength in depth there. Um, I think we were saying it earlier on in the cast that we've um, we've got a really good pack. So even the replacements coming in now look uh, look good and ready to go. So uh, I don't think she certainly shouldn't, shouldn't fear them up front. 
um, even though they are they are quite a powerful side. It's just the it's the the, the out wides that, that worry. If they, if they can get on top and get some quick ball, uh, then we might be struggling. But uh, if we can keep them down and, and uh, make sure that uh, we play some tactical stuff and keep them down in the, their their half, then we should be able to come out on top in this one. By the way, it'll be a great match. I'm sure. I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, Wakefield Paul, two points ahead of us, but have a game in hand. We, if we win, it sort of condenses the league a bit more. We don't want Wakefield winning and having that game in hand because it turns a bit of a gap, then, doesn't it? Yeah, is that game in there and the one they played against Witness when it got mm. abandoned for the snow? They had a game abandoned, didn't they, a few weeks ago? Yeah, so you'd expect them to probably turn Witness over when they had that game in hand. So, so yeah, it's about keeping up with them. Now, like Rick said, it's about winning their own games, isn't it? We, we did that last season. We was good at all. And we have been this season. We've won three up to now and... Yeah, we've got to beat teams like Wakefield, I think. No disrespect to them, but, you know, it's a winnable game. I think it's a winnable game. I think I think Wakefield is a bit overhyped sometimes. I think, you know, people were saying at the start of the season, you know, top four, they're a good side. Don't get me wrong, they're a well-balanced side, but, you know, we, we, if we've got any ambitions to, to do anything, we need to be, to be coming up with a performance and taking the points. You know what they are? They're, they're a momentum side, aren't they? They, they, they? If they get one try, they could score a couple quickly because of the, the wingers and the, the pace they've got in the in the backs. So that's it. We just de- don't need them to uh, get on top of us, otherwise they, they could over you know overrun us with the with the pace. But uh, I'm just having a look now. If we beat them by 30 points, we'll leapfrog them into seventh. So I don't know what your scores are like, gents, but uh, that's what we're hoping for. <laughs> so see, what, see if, uh, if I get this meal, I'll have to, I'll have to, I'll have, to have a I'll have a little <laughs> think now before we do the uh, the. the the, the predictions, Paul. Who's, <laughs> your, who's your man mentor? Watch your way to. Um, your halfbacks, Liam Finn, I'd say, and, uh, and Jacob Miller's an excellent player. I like watching him. I think he's a really good, sort of classy standoff. Your outside backs are good. Tom Johnston's a, a real quality player in the future international. I think is the, the wing. Good job at the fullback, the young lad. They've got some uh, some good forwards as well, haven't they? David Shafita and uh, Paulie Parler. I think um, <laughs> Paulie Paulie as you called him when he got injured at Wakefield I still basically giggle that now <laughs> I think he's injured though I think he is <coughs> excuse me Paulie Paulie or, or that for feet is it do you know one of them's out anyway yeah Paul, Paulie's, Paulie's back in the squad Paulie's in is the he back in it for feet yeah. is out in it, is uh, I so think yeah. so yeah. yeah they've got a good they've got a good raw sort of tough raw pack haven't they Anthony England's a, a decent forward as well so they have got some size there but so have we and uh, just going back to our forwards, you were saying there we've got a strength in depth, Rick, and, and I think we have, with the likes of uh, just George Griffin as well and Tyrone McCarthy coming in. But you've got the two, well, three lone lads in Levy and Zungu, Gavin Benyon and, and Daniel Murray, who've all been, been excellent. You know, I, I know a few people who support Halifax and Swinton have been speaking to them, and Gavin Benyon's been, been outstanding for Swinton in the last few weeks, and, and uh, Daniel's done excellent at Halifax, so... We've got those players as well to come in if needed. Yeah. Of course, Murray was looking good last season for us, wasn't he? He was, he was playing some uh, some good hard rugby. Yeah, yeah. So, give us your score prediction, Paul. First off, the 22, Warrington. Wakefield, 18. Call for 22. Wakefield, 18. Why were you, Rick? I'm going 36-6. Like the cup game last year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 36-6. Yeah. I'm going to go Holford 18 Wakefield 6 I think because we scored, scored a lot of points in the Huddersfield so do I think they're going to put another big score on them 
desperate for this meal, isn't he? I am. He's probably thinks about it now as well, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah, playing percentages now. Bingo balls out the window now. It's all about thinking about it. He's only got two scores, Rick. It's either 30 points, six or 18 six. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you think it's out that far. Not good. <laughs> yeah, so hopefully, you know, the boys will be celebrating a win on Friday. Um, and then on to uh, the Supporters Trust uh, special evening on the Saturday. Paul, and uh, all will be well. Yeah, looking forward to it, mate. Really looking forward to this weekend. Uh, it should be good. It should be a good game, as we said before. Wakefield are an entertaining side, aren't they? And we all want to think for last season. They beat us three times last season, didn't they? That nail-biter at their place and the two... The league game at our place and the Super 8 game. We beat them in that cup game, didn't we? So, uh, that cup game, I remember, was one of the sort of the top performances of last season. We came out all guns blazing, didn't we? And I think if we're going to win on Friday, we need to do that again. Yeah, big thanks for coming on again, Rick. Another great show. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah, it's been really good. Thoroughly enjoyed it. And uh, hopefully see you Friday for a good win. Yeah, so big thanks for tuning into this week's Devil Detail podcast. I've been Rob Parks and you find on Facebook, Devil Detail SRD. You find on Twitter, at the ITU SRD. And fans on SoundCloud, iTunes and Radio Contact. So thanks for listening and we'll see you next week.